Good. Can we redo that? What did I do wrong? <laughs> Nothing wrong. I just wasn't very peppy at the front. You're normally peppy. Oh, Lord Jesus. Help me. <laughs> you sounded tired. No, I wasn't. That was good. I was trying not to be over the top. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Practitioner's Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast. We're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode is powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Justin, how are you, my friend? Doing really well. Great intro today, Tony. Really well, that's because you made me record it again. <laughs> I'm so frustrated. <laughs> I'm not really frustrated, but I thought it was... Listen, if you're, you, none of you guys were here for the beginning of this podcast, but I recorded the intro and Justin said, hey, can we record it again? I thought maybe I said something wrong. I've been known to leave an S off of navigatorschurchministries.org every now and then. And I thought maybe I messed it up. And Justin said, what'd you say? I said, can we redo it? Because it needs to be a little peppier. When, a little when peppier. When your peppy self that we normally get. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know what, man? I am. Um, I'm glad we're doing this together. This is good for me. It's fun. It's good. And time. and it's it's been really helpful too because one of the things that I've realized is the pandemic uh, has really rocked my world a little bit in terms of ministry and what that looks like, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? Well, I, I mean, like, so, I mean, you you and I have shared this before. If you're a faithful listener, first of all, thank you. Second of all, I, I'm a screaming extrovert. So the, the relational side of who I am needs to come out on a regular basis. And um, in the middle of the pandemic, I realized that I was really struggling because it felt like I lost so much of my community. I lost, hmm. well, really, I mean, really, I lost so much of my team. Right. Just because you were distanced, right? You guys right. were able to I mean, see each other. The normal rhythm, rhythms were disrupted. Yeah, absolutely. And and the Zoom, while it's, it's helpful, right? Zoom fatigue is real. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really hard for me as somebody who is, who's so relational and loves the team aspect to, to, to really try to pour into that team in the midst of all the socially distant stuff and all the feelings. And, um, and so, you know, it really, I mean, honestly, it took an impact on, on my culture building, on my disciple making, on my church ministry. And, uh, and it was just really hard to, to do an impact culture the way that we strive for, mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I really felt absent from my team. Yeah. Man, Tony, I'm glad you're sharing that because that is such a common theme that I've been hearing, you know, as I meet with lots of different pastors, lots of different churches. Um, that's kind of a common theme that I've been seeing really in the past almost year now, where pastors just feel exhausted, tired because of all that they're dealing with, plus the disconnection from mm. the relationships of the people that they're, they care about and are caring for. Right. And so that's been kind of a, a theme, I guess. Right. For lack of a better but, word. And it's really hard, too, because, you know, so much of what all the pastors I know are trying to do and, and probably what a lot of our listeners are trying to do is it, we're not just trying to create moments, but instead we're really trying to build movements. Yeah. Right. And, and change culture. 
And, and I know that it's not just about changing culture in the church, but I also, you know, I have a heart for Centerville and I really want to change culture in Centerville, right? And mm-hmm. where I live and in my neighborhood. And it's just, it's so hard to do that without a team. Yeah. And to create that movement when all the momentum, whatever direction it was going, uh, right. I know at Restoration is going in lots of great directions, but, you know, the pandemic has disrupted and for the most part, destroyed momentum in every church, whichever way that momentum was going, the pandemic kind of sucked it away. Yeah. It made me think though, because I I was reminded recently um, that you had a a brand new resource come out about building a foundation, right? And it's about the the foundation of a disciple-making culture. And, And in so many ways, um, it feels like I'm starting over again, which is it's hard to believe or even even hard to say, but it feels that way. It's probably not. I'm starting in a much different place than I was seven years ago. But you know what what made you want to write this resource about the foundation of a disciple making culture and and why does it feel so applicable right now? Yes. Yeah, so I wrote it initially because I wanted to help pastors and church leaders establish a foundation for disciple making that would be solid enough to build a culture upon. And what I what I saw in church after church after church was, you know, they had some efforts towards disciple making uh, that generated some momentum. And it looked good for two, three, maybe even up to five years, but then it would all begin to fall in on itself because they didn't have a foundation that was strong enough to overcome uh, the difficulties that come in a culture building process. And so mm. I agree. I mean, that I obviously didn't foresee any pandemic, but uh, the pandemic, as much as anything, provides the sort of challenge that really exposes a church's foundation when it comes to disciple making, right? So if their, deci- if their disciple making foundation was uh, pretty shallow, or maybe even without a foundation, it was based on programmatic thinking and programmatic approaches, then when the pandemic comes, we got nothing left, right? right. Everything's gone away because we can't run our programs anymore. Yeah, and right? e- even Sunday morning to an extent can become a program, right? Like it's- It it's, can be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's not to say that, and to be clear, we're not saying that programs are necessarily like the worst thing in the world, right? but you can't build- you know, generational disciple making on a program, right? Right. Programs uh, become problematic when they become programmatic. Mm. Okay. And so it's nothing wrong with a program per se, but disciple making has to move relationally. And so when we try to program it or put it into an environment that's high in control or high in, in program thinking, systematic thinking, then it doesn't tend to do well. And like I said, it'll you'll see some you'll see some results. I mean, people will engage the program for a while, but once everyone has moved through the program, then everyone starts looking around for what the next one is, right? And we've seen that in church after church. So, so let's assume that if somebody's listening to our podcast, that they want to be a Jesus style disciple maker, or so they either are one or they're actively becoming one. How, what's the best way to get to a place? where we're creating a culture of disciple making versus just um, a person who's a disciple maker. Yeah. 
Yeah, so really what we're talking about, we're talking specifically to pastors and church leaders in this episode, right? So if they are that, if they're a disciple maker, actively becoming a disciple maker, well, now we can start to think about, okay, well, how do I develop a foundation of disciple making? How do I move us towards a culture of disciple making? And really, the best way to do that is to build a team of disciple makers. Right, so we talk about almost every episode, right? We we draw our attention back to what did Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Jesus style disciple making. The way that he impacted culture was he invested in a team of twelve and invested deeply in them and helped them not only become disciple makers but become a team. I love that, and I I think one of the things that we see with Jesus and his team is that it was so it was life on life, which makes sense because we talk about life on life a lot, Mm -hmm. but those guys were kind of thick. You know what I mean? They were, they were thick as thieves. And, and I even love when Jesus says, um, come follow me and I'll show you where I sleep, right? Not just how, you know, where we're doing life at, but just, you know, the, the depth of the team seems so important. Right. Jesus, right? Yes. Yeah. If you think about the, the sheer quantity of hours that Jesus spent with his men. I mean, you know, every week, if you just, it's 168 hours per week, right? I think that's seven times 24. I mean, if you subtract out eight hours a night for sleeping, that's still a ton of time just on a weekly level. And we have to have time with our people if we're going to develop depth in them and time together if we're going to develop a team, right? And so typically what churches will try to do, even when they talk about, all right, teams, okay, they'll gather people together, but they they never really get to a team because they just become a group, mm. right? And so the groups are essentially just that they're there for what they want rather than moving towards a common mission together. So right. a, and that, that's also a difference of like, uh, it's being on on mission together is the difference between a group and a team, right? Yeah, there is a common mission, right? In team thinking. But in group thinking, there doesn't need to be a common mission, right? We're just there for what we want. If it it fits my schedule, I'm there. If it doesn't, I can piece out of that meeting and believe that nobody really cares or needs me. Oh, so this really feels like you're hitting something that's that's, uh, super prevalent in today's church, which is this consumeristic culture, right? So help me understand the difference between a consumeristic culture versus the disciple making culture that, that I, I mean, I know that I want for the church, but how do we, how do we make sure um, we're leading towards one and not the other? So, yeah. So for church leaders, we have to be real clear on what we're doing and why we're doing it. Mm. Right. So there's a lot of church leaders that begin down a road of disciple making or discipleship to solve problems in the, the greater context of the, the corporate church, right? So if we don't have a lot of leaders, then, oh, we must need to disciple so that we can get more leaders for the church, which is one avenue to go. It's not the way that Jesus went. Um, if we want to close the back door of the church, right? So a lot of big churches, they notice that they have no trouble getting people to come in the front door, but they also notice there's a lot of people that have been there a little bit and aren't finding the depth or finding something that they want. And so, you know, they're leaving out the back door. So they, all right, well, let's do discipleship so that we can solve that problem, right? But if we want to develop a culture of disciple making, then we have to think what is best for the average church member, 
Mm. For the average disciple in the pews, rather than coming at it from a pastor's perspective of how do I make sure I have enough volunteers and leaders in these different places and approaching disciple making as a means to solve those problems, we have to think in terms of, well, how do I develop the average everyday believer in my church to become like Jesus, not only in character, but also in practice, right? What they're doing. And when we come at it from, when we start from that motivation, then it impacts every decision we make as we move through the process. And so those are big keys. If we're going to do this and to lay a foundation that uh, that does last, then we have to be thinking about the people that we're serving. And we can't be thinking about it to such a degree that we're giving them their whims, right? When Jesus recruited guys and people to him, he said, come and die, hmm. right? Luke 9, 23. And so we have this idea that if we're selling a... If we're selling the benefits, we're going to get people looking for the benefits. That's right. If we're talking about what it looks like to to follow Jesus, and it's going to cost everything you have. And if you want to be on a team like this, then it's going to be high commitment. And we're going to ask a lot out of you. And we expect you to be there. You know, we don't expect you to to call in because you're tired or because your buddy got tickets to a game or anything like that. We expect you to be here because you're participation, you know, meeting by meeting, not only impacts you, it impacts the rest of us. Yeah. I I remember we talked about in an earlier episode, the importance of setting vision as a disciple maker. This feels like that's one of the first steps and why teams are so important and why vision is so important is, is not only do I need to be a vision carrier, but if I'm going to create a team, then everybody on the team has to be a vision carrier as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tony, I want to hear from you a little bit. So I know that you have taken some steps towards developing a team at the church that you lead. Um, what's been hard for you about that? What would have been some things that have gone well? Just- yeah. I, so, um, you know, you and I have talked at, at length uh, on the podcast about being an intentional and relational disciple maker. And so I, I naturally lean relational. So I, I've created a couple different teams in the church and my first team was super relational, but lacked intentionality. Okay. And that was, that had its ups and downs, right? We were all super close, but there weren't a lot of very, uh, tools that we could hand off. And, you know, there was a little bit of intentionality issue. so that, so it was like, man, uh, if I'm going to use a football analogy here, like, uh, I was trying to get them to run plays without ever showing them the playbook. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, so that was the first one. And we had to overcome some of those challenges. Uh, now there are still people from that team who are making disciples and, and own the vision. And I love that for them. Um, we lost a couple along the way. And, and I think sometimes that that happens, right? Not everybody yeah. sticks on the team, right? The second group has been much more intentional. I've been super intentional with that group and I've lacked r- relational um, equity. So so a lot of people on that team, they have a lot of tools, but they're not sure they want to play the game, <laughs> right? Okay. Like, and, yeah. and so, so finding this balance on a team of knowing what the play is going to be and getting everyone to run the play, you know, till I beat this football metaphor to death, um, has <laughs> been the, the, the most challenging part of team creation and in the midst of the pandemic, doing it. Um, when people don't necessarily want to meet in person 
and um, events, it's just much harder to gather, right? And so that nothing replaces back to the beginning, right? Nothing replaces the face-to-face interaction, but man, is it, is this been a, a challenge? Right. It feels like that's an added layer of complexity to the whole thing, right? This idea of, well, can we meet? Can we not meet? Some people are comfortable. Some people aren't. And Do we have to wear masks? Do we not have to wear masks? I, you know, can we, I can't breathe in this thing. I can't talk in this thing. Right. Right. I won't come unless everyone's wearing one. I mean, I, we've pretty much experienced it all. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another team I've been helping that um, they've been meeting faithfully together uh, on Zoom, but but their discussion has moved from, hey, this is really good. Um, you know, we're, we're processing and we're being challenged and stuff like that to, well, we can't really do anything with it yet because of the pandemic. Mm. And I encouraged the pastor. I said, well, we got to push back on that because we can do something with it. And we don't want to get to a place where we're just doing, you know, building our knowledge again. Right. Which is yeah. a pitfall of a lot of disciple making is, you know, and programmatic disciple making gets into this problem too. Is it's just, well, I'm just learning. And because of the fact that I'm learning, I'm growing. But, you know, Jesus asks us to obey and to do things with what we're learning. And so, you know, there's all these, um, I guess, extra layers of difficulty that come with the pandemic when it comes not only to making disciples, but also to building a team of disciple makers. Yeah, that being said, I wouldn't want to do it without a team. I mean, what do you think the biggest benefit of of team-based culture building is when we think about it from a disciple-making viewpoint? Yeah. So when we're trying to shift a culture, um, you need a team. You cannot, you're not going to be able to shift a culture and sustain it with only yeah, one that's person. Right. Now, we can have a shift driven by one person, but as soon as that person's taken out, then the culture won't remain. Right. And so what a team does is it is it provides other stakeholders and anchors within the in the culture of the church in this case, that if any one of those people are taken out, then there's still a number of others that are there saying, No, this is this is who we are, this is where we're going. And so those churches that fail to build teams um, really have culture that is vulnerable to the change of, you know, somebody sinning and falling, you know, which we see uh, happen sometimes with pastors and church leaders who are not in good relationships and held accountable. Um, but also just when somebody's moved, right? So Tony, you're in the Methodist system right now. Those yeah, pastors they move are moving people all the out. time. Yeah. Yep. And so we have to build a team if we want the foundation to be strong and for it to go beyond just what one person sees or is, is willing to do. How do you see yeah. it? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that's become a, um, a stark reality is that there are a lot of pastors and church leaders out there who are trying to to push this forward completely on their own. And and uh, if the pandemic's taught us anything, it's that burnout is real mm-hmm. and burnout for, for church leaders are real and decision fatigue is real and all the fatigues are real. And if you don't have somebody uh, like like Justin or a teammate in your life who who can say, hey, re-record that beginning because you need to be a little bit peppier, right? <laughs> lean into that, lean into that culture, you'll end up being limited by um by what you can do on your own. Right. And so um, you know, I, th- I think it's super important if you're listening to this and you feel like you're all by yourself, uh, do us a favor, please reach out and let's talk about how how you can build a team around you. 
Yeah. Um, Justin, so what's, the, what's the takeaway for today? The uh, takeaway is if you fail to build a team, then your foundation's only going to be as strong as what you can bear. And so the, the building a team is essential. If you want culture change that's going to last in your church, if you want disciple-making movement that will last in your church or that spills outward from your church, you got to build a team. Um, and it's, it's hard to do. So, you know, this episode, Tony, has been mostly about the why, right? Why should we have a team? What's the point of a team? You know, in a future episode, I think we need to tackle the how, right? How do we do it? Um, but hopefully we've convinced you that you need a team if you want to build a disciple-making culture. Tony, how about the action step? The action step. Do me a favor. Go ahead and download and read The Foundation of a Disciple-Making Culture. Um, we'll, we'll put the link right here in the show notes. It's a free ebook. It's a really, it's a great jumping off point on why building a team is so important. And it's going to give you some of the how, and it'll, it's a great partner with what the, the next episode is going to be on how to build a team. So download and read the foundation of a disciple making culture. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank you for listening and supporting. Hey, do me a favor, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Also, share this episode with your team. Share the episode with the team. Get the word out about what God is doing through this platform. And as always, we are incredibly grateful um, that you join us on this journey. Look forward to connecting with you guys real soon.